Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Hello and welcome to Headliner Radio, where we are delighted to be joined by London-based artist Deja, who is one of the MOBO Unsung class of 2023 artists and recently performed at the latest Sound On session at the Pioneer Club in St Albans. Uh, Deja, it's great to see you again. Um, How are you and whereabouts are you joining us from? I'm really good. As I say, um, I just had a workout, so I'm feeling pretty pumped right now. Um, I'm in London, uh, Northwest, if you care to know, uh, where it's dreary and cold outside, but life goes on. Indeed. Well, thank you so much <laughs> for, uh, for taking uh, the time to have a chat with us this morning. Um, and, uh, how have you been since, uh, since we last saw each other at the, uh, at the Pioneer Club? Uh, what have you been up to these past few weeks? If I'm honest, I've been overwhelmed, bro, bro. There is so much to do. And I always feel like, oh, December's going to be chill. Like people are going to be dropping, dropping off. That sounds really bad. But <laughs> dropping off to, you know, go see family. Da, da, da. But because of that, I overbook myself. And okay. I'm like, okay, well, everyone else is going to see. That means I need to go 100 miles an hour faster. Da, 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 da. So yeah, I've been knackered is the answer to your question. Okay. Um, but always in the best way because obviously I'm doing what yeah. what i want to do good good to hear it's it's always a strange time i think for for artists because a lot of music doesn't tend to get released unless it's christmas themed stuff once you get into this time of the year but you're kind of you're not really quiet are you kind of gearing up for the new year and like everything that's coming then so exactly. it's all it's, it's a slightly strange time um exactly. so i mean i, I want to get into your obviously into your career and you know what you've been up to this year what might be coming up next but i wanted to start if it's okay right at the beginning uh with you i was wondering if you could just give us a little bit of a background and an insight into kind of into your upbringing and your childhood and and how how music eventually kind of found its way into that can you just kind of provide a little bit of context i guess as to like how you grew up and how music first first became a a, a meaningful thing in your life absolutely so Music's always been there, first and foremost. There wasn't like a time where, um, I don't know, I discovered music. For as long as I can remember, there was music blaring through the house. If it wasn't in the morning before we were going to school or whatever, it was on a Saturday because that was like the clean the house day. I'm from a Nigerian household, so you clean the house, okay, (laughs) top to freaking bottom every single Saturday. And then every morning before school, you have to sweep, well, in my house anyway, you have to sweep the floors and stuff. Um, And then, yeah, Saturday gets deep. So on the Saturday, we'd have... Banana Rama, Celine Dion, basically all my mum's favourite stuff. Um, Whitney, um, a lot of females actually, I guess that says something. Um, who else? Michael Jackson, like blaring through the house because we'd have, even back in the day when tech wasn't that techie, yeah. we'd have speakers everywhere, or not speakers, just video players. Oh my God, video players, I'm showing my age. Um <laughs> everywhere and i'd be dancing that's my mom now (laughs) i'd be dancing and cleaning and creating my own little shows in my mind you know what i mean yeah so it's just it's always been there it's a short answer yeah great i mean what was the what was the kind of journey into actually like kind of creating writing your own music kind of taking it on as more than just uh you know being a fan of music were there sort of early signs like early on in childhood where you were you know creating making your own music whatever you know whatever form that may have took uh yeah what point at what point did that start to to take shape in your life 
it's funny people in school I hated it people in school used to call me or teachers used to call me an attention seeker but really I was just a performer I was always creating these things in my mind and I wanted people to watch me do them you know um like I say it's always been there um but then I guess the kind of time that it became pro like I realized oh wait I can make money from this I can actually make this a job um was uh I can't remember how old I was but I did this thing with Capital Extra it was called Music Potential funny story the guy who organized Mobo Unsung is also the guy that organized Capital's um Music Potential all those years oh. ago so it's done full circle okay. but that's another story so yeah I I went and did this thing with them I did the songwriting and performance course I don't really know if it, we didn't get a qualification after it but we, I did I did that section of it yeah and they had like Anne-Marie come in and talk to us and um Jacob Banks he's also a Brummy which was like really uplifting like oh Brummies can make it but you know <laughs> can make it. um and yeah it was it was from then on that I was like right no this is it because there was like a whole time during um college and uni that I kind of I kind of sank into that oh you know it only happens for so many people and I might not be one of those people and that's okay I can still do music in another way I can you know whatever um but then it was after I left uni that I did this capital lecture thing and I was like wait no this is made for me I am gonna do it and that's when I started like making my music and stuff yeah yeah is there anything in particular that you think kind of kept that kind of or, or inspired that drive in you you know you said from a young age you wanted to be a performer you enjoyed performing and then even despite you know of course as, as most teenagers who want to pursue a career whether it's in music or sport or anything like that you're kind of told yeah not likely going to happen for you you know so you might want to think yeah. of like other avenues or whatever was there anything that might have inspired or led to that kind of determination to go no th- this is what I love doing this is what I'm going to stick to yeah, I mean, the the main drive came from me, I guess, just blatant yeah. obsession. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, of, obsession is the word. Um, but then also I've got to give props to my mom, you know, because mm. she never, she was never the one telling me, oh, it only happens with so many people. She was never that, that woman. She was always in my corner. Um, which I'm so grateful for because I watch like TV shows where people are like, oh, my parents never supported my dream. I've never experienced that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, obsession and a very supportive mumsy. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when you were, I know you described some of the music that you had playing, uh, you know, around the house and stuff when you were growing up, but can you remember the, the first kind of artists or, or records that really kind of got their, claws into you with regards to oh i i want to do this now i'm not just listening to this were there any particular moments that that kind of set set that in motion good question um i think eliza doolittle of all people yeah because she was the first person there were probably people before that but of the age that i was at and stuff i was actually listening to stuff now like you say like not just listening i was taken in um and yeah, Eliza Doolittle had an accent. She didn't just sing with an American accent. She sounded somewhat like me. And that was really cool. Um, so I think that was like one of hers and Pixie Lot as well. Yeah, because she sounded English. And I really liked that. I, I strive for that today still to sound like myself. Um, oh, yeah. So they were the first albums I actually took my own little 
friggin' pocket money and went and bought, I <laughs> uh, can't remember what they called. I think Eliza Doolittle's was self-titled and then Pixie Lot was like boys and girls or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, they, they, they got me. Yeah. They got me. It's like, oh wait, I can, I can sound like that. Oh, sick. Yeah. Um, but then, it like put that that's the music side of thing performance is so different and performance is really important to me as I'm sure you're aware now after seeing the show yes um yeah and that was more like the ushers and the Michael Jacksons and I guess Beyonce's yeah all those standard greats you know can you can you tell us a little bit about the performance aspects of what you do and how that's evolved so far in, 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 in your career, because, you know, for anyone who hasn't seen you yet, you know, it's a very striking state, you know, stage uh, presentation and performance, you know, you have choreography, there's uh, other dancers, you know, the, the whole thing is very, um, it's, it's quite, it's quite spectacular. Um, oh, and I will take that and <laughs> run with it. Thank you so much. No, it was, you know, it was, it was brilliant. You know, the, the, the show that you, that you performed uh, for the sound on session at the pioneer club was really like, wow, okay. It's, it's quite striking. Um, You know, it's, it's, I I was wondering how you've kind of evolved that from the start, how you went from kind of performing maybe as a strictly solo performer to incorporating uh, choreography and dance elements too with other dancers. How has that evolved from your first sort of performances, if you like? Yeah, it's very interesting because I actually haven't always been Deja, this striking thing that you see on stage. I used yeah. to be, I'm not going to take the name because I don't want you to go and look at the music. <laughs> um, but it used to be something completely different, very hippie, very, um, you know, singer-songwriter with a guitar kind of, I couldn't play, yeah. um, but, you know, that kind of vibe. Um, and yeah, it has evolved. So how did I get there? I did a dance degree, actually. I don't know if I said that. I did a dance degree. It was all very contemporary, like very ballet kind of vibes. Um, but dance again, like music has always been there as in like little dance groups as a kid and stuff. Um, and when I changed the whole artistry from miss whoever she was back then, still not going to tell you the name to Deja, (laughs) um, I knew that I wanted the whole energy to lift. I wanted the music to kind of, yeah, to make you move. And I guess seeing someone move on stage invites that further right so um it was a slow burner it's taken me years literally years to find the people that are around me now the dancers the choreographer um but yeah it's just it's just been a case of seeing something liking something or seeing someone liking someone and their work and then bringing them on trying a thing if it doesn't work or it does work we pick the bits that do and etc just cheat uh cheat and keep um uh yeah keeping the good bits basically okay um until you find what we have now yeah that's really interesting i mean i i know you know i'm keen not to go too much on about your your previous uh sort of carnation as as an artist but (laughs) could you could you talk tell us a little bit about how and why that evolved you know from uh a you know a solo singer songwriter with an acoustic guitar through to what you're doing now what inspired that that kind of gear shift if you like yeah there were a couple of things but the main thing I told you guys I'm just a sucker for the stage right I love performing so when I was on stage as 
I'll just tell you, D Ajayi. When I was on stage as D, I was singing these really heartfelt songs that I that I was writing about the loss of my stepdad to cancer and um and the 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 pain that you feel when someone leaves you and I mean it sounds like it was all good around my stepfather to be fair but there were certain songs and certain things or just the whole energy of D it was very healing for other people to sit and watch but it was so painful for me to stand or sit and perform and I'd cry on stage again super healing for the people that are going through it and can relate and all the rest of it but it broke me over and over again so I was like right not doing this anymore I need to lift it up I need to lift the energy the vibes the lyrics everything up so that I can feel good on stage there's other ways to help people heal instead of just you know making them cry um so that was the main the main thing yeah that's really interesting so it's a real kind of sort of artistic rebirth if you like yeah absolutely from where it was before okay that's 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 fascinating um and thank you for sharing that with us as well um i mean can you for anyone who may not have heard your music who's who's going Mm. to be listening to this can you kind of describe what it is that you're doing now because it's very much uh a departure from a singer songwriter sat on a stool with an acoustic guitar yeah exactly so i call what i do black pop okay so beautiful people who are listening to my wonderful voice right now um deja i create um a vibe for you so it's very much pop makes you feel good vibes but then some black thrown in there so you're gonna be bobbing you're gonna and if you could see me you'd see my shoulders going right now like you're gonna be bobbing you're gonna be swaying the hips are gonna be going um and you're gonna be smiling it's just it's a bit of pop with afro thrown into it um is basically the the shorthand black pop honey yeah fantastic thank you and um (laughs) and um, talk us through your kind of career as deja so far like so from when you kind of left the previous iteration behind what's been Mm. happening since then can you kind of talk us through i know it's quite a that's quite a broad question but kind of tell us about the the journey from then to to like where you've arrived at today you know how much music you've put out how how many shows you've been doing what's been the kind of story arc since since then yeah sure so it was it all comes down to the music right so it it all started off with just trying to find the right producers the right well not the right because there's no right or wrong just people that sat well with what it was I think I wanted to create Mm. um some people were really not the one really not the one um and then obviously I kept a hold of the people that were great um so shout out to Believe um he's an amazing producer um who I hope never leaves me because he's just been Grammy nominated and I feel like he's about to just skyrocket and forget about some of us. Um, He wrote water actually, you know, make me sweat, make me hotter. Madness. Yeah. Uh, yeah, So finding the producer that took a couple of years. um, And then, um, Oh, I've forgotten the question. (laughs) Um, Just, yeah. A a kind of overview really of how you've kind of gone from, where you were artistically before oh, yeah. and, and from becoming Deja to, to where we are in the yeah. present day. So, da, 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 and then um, finding the team to put that music out. So it's all well and good having good music, but you need 
I mean, I think you need because I am from, you know, the, the noughties era of music. You need a visual, not just 10 second clips for social media, full blown music videos. That is where my heart is. I used to sit flicking up and down all the music channels on Sky for hours. You know, people would watch movies and cartoons. I'd just be watching music videos. So music yeah. videos are super important to me. So finding style, finding um, uh, videographers, locations, all that stuff. Um, and, um, I've forgotten the question again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just, just kind of the, the, the sort of evolution that you've undergone, like from yeah. doing before to where we are now. Exactly. And, yeah. And then, um, practice. So getting my butt on stage as often as possible, because the music is the foundation, the social, the online presence is another thing. Right. But then um yeah like I said performance is where it's all at so you'll catch me on stage like four to seven nights a week um and now and you would have for the last I don't know five years um and then yeah just practicing 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 so that hopefully when I get that support slot or whatever I'm ready for it Mm. I I think that's such a it's such a vital point that I mean because I think that in the way that the music industry is set up today for a lot of artists, they are writing and recording and, and releasing music before mm-hmm. they play their first show. So like by the time there's this strange dichotomy where you have people that might have released a fair amount of music and to, to someone who doesn't know their, their story might think, mm-hmm. okay, well they're, they're accomplished. They know what they're doing. And then it comes to see them. It might be the first time they've ever set foot on stage. And no matter how good your music is in the studio or how great you are as a writer, or a producer that doesn't prepare you for playing on stage for the first time. That takes a lot to kind of build up that stage craft and have that bring that same level of confidence to the stage. And I I wonder sometimes now if, because there's so many pressures on artists now, like new artists who are like being told they've got to manage their social media platforms. They've got to almost like manage themselves, got to market themselves. They're, they're like, you're not an artist now. You're an entrepreneur. I, I think, um, but yeah, the, the the live aspect can almost be forgotten, forgotten, or like bottom of the list. And and I think yeah. it sounds like your, you know, testament to her, <laughs> to to why it's so important to to be able to go and like actually do your thing on stage as well. Um, is that something that you've kind of observed? Do you think that that there is there are artists that aren't necessarily like prioritizing get you know getting familiar with with performing on stage like while they're you know, releasing a load of music. Yeah, sorry, my phone's going. Um, so I haven't seen it myself, yeah. but I've heard so many stories because I live under a rock. I'm on stage so much that I don't really get to go and see other people perform, yeah. right? Um, but I hear, I, I, I can't think of any, oh wait, I'm not going to mention names anyway, sure, but yeah. I've heard stories of like, you know, someone with a million listeners um we'll put on a show and a those million listeners don't come out or b they do and um yeah they the the poor artist flops because they've not they've not practiced it it's it's kind of like doing it works the other way around right if you do loads of live shows and you're so sick on stage but then your music might not translate um on an mp3 on a on a streaming platform you know um yeah, I hear the stories. I've never seen it, and I really hope I never experience it. Yeah. Um, but it, it is real, and yeah. I, I hope any other artists listening will go and get their butt on stage. Yeah, so they're ready 
<laughs> Absolutely. It is, it's a strange balance because like, yeah, I, I think that you almost need to, in the same way that, you know, the, the, the first couple of songs you ever write aren't necessarily going to be the best songs you ever write. Okay. Oh, you kind of no. need to like get through those. It's a bit like that with performance as well. You need to do your rubbish yeah. gigs and you need to get through like being a little bit, you know, rubbish on, on stage, uh, yeah. before the kind of numbers start coming in. Because like you said, if you've got a million monthly listeners on uh, Spotify or whatever, they want a show. They're going to think, all oh, right, this person's going to be great. And then they turn up yeah. and it's like someone who's really timid and a bit nervous and doesn't quite know what they're doing and a bit awkward. It's like, yeah. that's, uh, that's that that could be that's far more damaging if you've already got that following than if you haven't got yeah. that following you kind of want to get that out of the way so that when sure. people do start turning up you, you yeah. kind of know what you're doing a little bit more um yeah. but yeah no I, I find that i find that really interesting um backward now isn't it yeah it's strange you kind of need both you know I, and i can understand it particularly with like the live industry for kind of grassroots level as well it's, it's really it's, mm. it's tough you know there aren't as many places to play now for up-and-coming artists as there once was um but i mean I, I wanted to come on to your you know you mentioned a producer that you work with um mm. tell us a bit about your creative process and your writing process what's that kind of collaboration like with with your producer and do you have a sort of standard way of, of working and creating or is it something that can change from one day to the next what's your yeah what's your, what's your process i guess so funny, actually, because I, I was thinking about this yesterday. <laughs> I do have a particular way of writing. And there's so many interviews I've done where I'm like, yeah, we just go with the flow, man. It's not the case. Yeah. I had a session <laughs> the other day where um, uh, they wanted me. They, I was, it was my first session with this particular team of people. And they wanted me to just jump. They've got this beat and they just want me to jump in the in the booth and just like improvise and just have fun with it. That is so unfun for me. You have no idea. So I immediately hit like, uh, what's the word that everyone uses? Anxiety. I'm nervous. I'm overthinking, which completely ruins the flow yeah. of improvisation. Um, I So yeah, the, <laughs> sorry. I have had this realization the other day. So it's nice to just get it out. It's great therapy. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I do have a way that I like to work. And that is sitting in the same room as the producer, as little people in the room as possible so that I don't get nervous. Because I, I, it's funny, I don't get nervous on stage so badly, but writing a song still messes me up. I don't know why, it just does. Um, I think it's a, what's the word when you're um, insecurity? I yeah, think it's yeah. an insecurity. I never really feel like I'm writing good enough music uh yeah again thanks for the therapy session (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) i like to um have the uh an idea and but when i say idea i mean a um a beat idea so maybe we'll flick through some sounds and there's this like that hits so then he'll throw that in the in the program i don't know what it's called logic that's it and then um He'll kind of have a play, put some layers to it, and then I'll sit and mathematically put this thing together. I can't just sit and improvise. Obviously, there has to be a bit of improvisation to find something, um, but I prefer to sit and kind of improvise in my mind until I have something that I feel to be... Sorry, I thought someone was knocking. Um, that I feel to be solid enough to perform to the room. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then keep going back and forth between myself and the producer. Believe or, or Corey is um, an incredible writer as well. Um, so it's great with him because he will 
tell me that that line's rubbish or whatever and 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 really input on the on the songwriting process but then obviously be able to make the beat what it needs to be for this song to bang as well um and then yeah if I can get it all done in a day I like to do that as well I don't really love to keep coming back and forth um and then yeah that's it (laughs) yeah that's interesting I'm I'm always quite quite intrigued by the sort of collaborations with with producers and artists you know because everyone everyone works in such different ways and um yeah I think I I I think I that that idea of just kind of going you know, being thrown into a room and just you know, improvise, just make stuff up. That's, that's terrifying. I, I would, you know, I, I would find, I think, but um, yeah, yeah it's, you kind of need it. a bit of a process. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's really interesting. Um, I mean, how, 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 you know, this year, what have you been working on kind of in the studio? Can you tell us a little bit about mm. what you've been, you know, your most recent release um, and if you've kind of got anything in the pipeline that's, you know, gearing up for next year. What's the current state of play on on that yeah, front? Sure. So I am so excited about all of the music that I've been making. It's incredible. Like anything that you have heard of Deja up until this point is for me mid level. Okay. Like the stuff that I have in the bank is what is crazy, and the world is not ready for. Um, <laughs> So I'm just building and putting out, I'm kind of putting out the worst first to just like build the listeners because <laughs> um, I don't want to give it all away too soon. Um, but yeah, I just put out a song with Mobo Unsung, um, which is kind of crazy. Um, it's called Tutu. It's just a little vibe, um, just a reminder to my girlies that like, if that guy didn't work for you, there are many other out here. Okay um uh and it's doing okay i'm quite happy with it quite proud of it um didn't really have the budget this at this time of the year to do a full-blown music video so managed to get together a little visualizer with um my friends um which is yeah it's cute i look hot so definitely go watch that um and with regard to next year yeah i want to kind of continue with the afro vibes that are happening that have happened so naturally um but then there is a like a a darkness that's creeping that's creeped into the stuff that i've made this year the the stuff that's in the bank um that i'd really like to get out at some point next year but i think i need to kind of get people ready for it so it might be a little bit more poppy before it gets dark if that yeah. makes sense. Okay. Yeah. People are going to think that I've like signed my life over to the Illuminati or something, <laughs> but I don't care. It's just how it goes. <laughs> well, it certainly sounds interesting. I'm looking forward to, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing. Uh, Me too. Whatever it is that comes next. Um, <laughs> I wanted to ask you um, just kind of a couple of questions kind of wrapped into one, I suppose. Um, mm. What, what do you find the biggest to be the biggest challenges for, for you as an artist today um you know yeah. and you know there's you know there, there's there, there that's a big question you know there's a lot of challenges for artists you know particularly on the financial front it's very you know there's a lot of uh there's a lot of challenges there of artists being able to make a living just out of, out of what they're doing but um what what for you are the are the biggest challenges you face in in not just kind of su- sustaining a career but also getting your music heard getting it in the right places and kind of being heard above above the noise because I, I can't I don't have the numbers to hand but there's like frightening numbers of music that's just uploaded every every single day yeah. how, do, how do you yeah how do you kind of rise to, you know above that 
Very good question. Um, okay, so I'll start with the the challenges. The biggest thing for me is the social media thing. I um, I enjoy it, but I don't love it. Like I I, I don't wake up thinking, "Wow, can't wait to make a video of the socials yeah. today." Do you know what I mean? It is. It can get chory, mm. um, and it's quite intense. Like the consistency that you have to have to even maintain any substance there you have to be on it all the time um and on top of all of that i'm a massive perfectionist i'm really working on it <laughs> but i'm a, i'm a huge perfectionist so people are like oh just post it it doesn't matter i'm like but it does it does to me because that's out forever or whatever whatever um so yeah those the consistency on top of the perfectionism is a lot it's just a lot to deal with um, but in, in terms of like challenging, I don't know that, like you say, the whole thing is challenging. Um, but that just because of where we are in the world today, that is most forefront in my mind. Yeah. Um, the financial side of things is, is, is not, it's not great. I've never really had any funding until very, very recently. And I won't even be able to see that until next year. Yeah. Um, but I am very blessed that I have a job that allows me to fund these things, basically. I sing covers in the week. This is why I'm on stage all the time. I'm always practicing. I'm essentially getting paid to practice. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> very, very blessed. Um, but yeah, and I have a very supportive um, family and, and partner. Not that they pay for anything, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so the finance side isn't isn't too bad, yeah. Anyway, what was the second half of that question? Um, they, they were kind of wrapped in. You, yeah. you kind of answered both there. I think they were. It was just okay. about the kind of challenges you face as an artist today. You know, and mm-hmm. and uh, oh, with regards getting to kind of music sustaining out a career, and then, and then just been getting your music out and being heard above the vast, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions or whatever it is, you know, tracks that are uploaded to the internet every day. Yeah. Yeah. How? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I suppose if you had the a, a perfect answer to that, you know, you'd be you know, it'd be gold dust, but, um, yeah. <laughs> how do you, how do you kind of refine what you're doing in a way that, that gets itself heard above, above others? I have to start by saying I'm absolutely learning every day, every hour. Yeah. Um, the social media is one thing, but actually just showing up. So like being at events and stuff, um, I managed to meet some people within the industry who have been super supportive. They kind of see the Deja vision, um, and they want to get behind it as much as they can. So they've been inviting me to industry events, which obviously leads me to meet more people. So yeah, being at events has been really helpful, but also really hard because I'm such a homebody. Oh, having to put on makeup just to go out and take pictures is so <laughs> horrendous for me. But again, it's the life I chose. Um, so yeah, being out and about and what else do I do to be heard? So it's a really good question. There's like paid promotion and stuff that you can do, which I do, but not to any big, you know, not not any big numbers at all. Yeah. Um, it's kind of dangerous now that Spotify allow you to advertise through them because it's just another way for them to take the money that you're actually making. But yeah, it's um, it's a whole bunch of things. You have yeah. to be everywhere at once mm. with a smile on your face. <laughs> <laughs> I um I I wanted to um just before we finish up uh, touch on yeah. something that we we spoke about when we 
when we were at the uh, Pioneer Club for the, the Sound On session uh, last yeah. month. And that was the that was the Sound On platform. Because I know you said that you know that's been quite a a useful sort of distribution platform for getting music out there and having a bit of control over the way that you do that. Can you just kind of tell us a little bit about how you've been using that platform and what benefits it's brought to you as a, as a, as a kind of independent artist? Sure. So the biggest selling point before I even started using them was that you get to retain 99% of your royalty or no, a hundred percent. And then I think after the first year it drops to 99. Um, and that's great. Um, but I am very new to it. Only my, uh, only my last, um, single have I actually released through them. So, and that only dropped a, I don't know, a month, two months ago. So I'm going to be honest and say, I don't quite know yet that we okay. should check in in six months where I can tell you how it's actually been. Um, cause at the moment, um, I mean, I can tell you some things we've, we've managed to get onto like the um new releases pages on the on sound on's own music platform and and um i i can see that my song has been used like over a thousand maybe two thousand times um in people's videos and stuff so it's it's getting heard and it's getting seen obviously through tiktok which is an amazing thing because it's the driving force of everything right now um but longer term we're gonna have to check back in because um at the moment that is that is the only thing that is better than other distributors going being there with tiktok already um but other than that they're kind of the same as every other distributor at the moment <laughs> but we'll see yeah we'll see okay yeah interesting well thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> no it's um it's, it's really interesting to, to get to get those kind of insights um sure. i mean I can see we're almost out of time. Uh, yeah. So um, I just wanted to say thank you so much uh, once again for joining us. It's been a real pleasure uh, chatting to you. Um, again, and we should, uh, yeah, six months time. Let's see. Uh, let's see what's happening in the <laughs> summer of 2024 with, with Deja and uh, what, what new music there is um, to talk about them. But yeah, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. You're so welcome. Have the best day. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.